Yeah. Well, hey, hey guys, welcome. My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and this is my lovely wife, Carla, and she's going to give you a little update on the vine dresser. Hello. I just wanted to um, give everybody an update on what's going on with the vine dresser, our foster and kinship clothing shop that we have um, here. We have, so far this year, in January and February, we have been able to um, help and clothe 22 children, which is yeah. it's a pretty good start for just two months and coming out of nowhere. Um, but anyway... Closer. Okay. <laughs> also, um, a an organization called Assistance League of Greater Cincinnati has decided to partner with us, and what that means is um, what they offer is they've been giving us free uh, brand new socks, underwear, diapers, wipes, lots of various things to these families. Which so that's amazing. Then um, one other thing is there's been a consignment shop in Dry Ridge, Kentucky that closed down, and they donated over 4,000 pieces of clothing to us <clears throat> and other stuff. So the Lord has been blessing what we're doing here, and it's incredible. And I just want to thank all of you for everything that you've donated, um, whether it be clothing or time or the awning or money. Um, we just really appreciate it. Um, I want to let you know, too, starting this next weekend, we're going to just start taking spring and summer clothing only, just children's, um, no adult sizes at all, um, but we just don't have the space or capacity for the winter items, and um, no vacuums, no broken high chairs. Um, we, you know, we are not a thrift store drop-off, and uh, we just want to put forth our best for these kids. We get the amazing privilege of clothing these broken and vulnerable kids. And uh, the last thing in the world, I want them to walk in and pick up a, a stained clo you know, shirt or something and think, this is what I deserve. I need this you know, piece of clothing that isn't what we would put our own kids in. So just keep that in mind as you're, as you're donating. We appreciate, I know the Lord does too, but these are, you know, these kids are amazing, and they deserve our best. So thank you for everything. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, thank you for all of you guys, how you partner in that. And so many other things around here. This is just a church that's very generous and gives and serves and shares a lot. And it's making huge impacts in the kingdom. So well, hey, I want to ask, has anyone in here ever witnessed a miracle? Have you ever been, been the recipient of one or saw someone maybe prayed for and saw something happen? If you've, if you've seen one, just, just raise your hand. It's a fair amount of people. Um, has anyone had an encounter where someone maybe, maybe gave you a word of knowledge or like a prophetic word? You're like, what on earth? And has someone just totally like read your mail and it was a game changer for you? Yeah. So we've, we've got a lot of people that have had those sort of things, and um, who's never had something like that happen? Never. What? Raise your hands. You don't have to be ashamed. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. So, so some people, it's just not happened to yet. So, um, and is anyone, you can raise your hand or not, you don't have to, does anyone have a hard time believing that that stuff can happen? 
Do you have a hard time believing, or maybe you've seen it for other people, but you doubt whether it could happen to you? Or if it happened, like maybe sometimes it's so far away, like did that really happen? Is that what really happened? Maybe you need God to open something up for you today. Or maybe you had it happen and you need something to happen again. Maybe you need God to open something up today. So far in this series called Things Can Change, um, we've been seeing Jesus in like, his original locale uh, audience do a lot of things and saying, in essence, I'm bringing God's kingdom in a way you haven't seen before. So Jesus was doing stuff that no one else has ever done. And especially with like the rate of it. So there have been other prophetic times. There have been other things that have happened in history. But there never been one person who encapsulated it quite the way Jesus did. Or with the frequency or with like the ferocity and just like, like the authority Jesus had. And he's basically saying, I'm bringing God's kingdom. Now what are you going to do with it? So this, this series, Things Can Change is all about kairos moments of how God's always trying to speak to us and get our attention. And it's like, when God is talking, when God is moving, how are we responding? Are we listening? Are we hearing? Because we know that the wise builder hears these words and puts them into practice. Or the wise builder observes Jesus doing things and then acts on it. And... Um, you know, Jesus is doing stuff, and it's kind of all over the place, like in the book of Mark so far. Like, it's kind of this geographic phenomenon. And as Tom talked about last week, Jesus is moving all over the place. Like, he's not just staying in one place saying, come to the show. No, like, wherever he goes, you know, that's where the party's at. And so I think that Jesus was uh, uh, going ahead, and he was really setting the stage for what he was expecting, how he was expecting us to operate as his next generation emissaries of the gospel. That Jesus wasn't saying, like, it ain't about coming to church, or it ain't just about, like, a person, or else a personality. It's not about us drumming up stuff. It's about when we just plug in with what God's doing, he's going to move and do things that only he can do. But he wants to do it through us. He wants to do it to us. And so um, he does this by... Lots of miracles, by love, by healing, by hope, by moving outside of the tiny borders of Israel. Jesus goes to the low places, and that seems to be where the fruit is. So we're going to read today in Mark chapter 7. If you'll turn with me in your Bible, or also be on the screen. Mark chapter 7, verses 31 through 37 says this. Then Jesus, Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went and went through Sidon. This was a coastal city. He went down to the Sea of Galilee and, and back again to the region of the Decapolis. That was the 10 cities. Remember where he had healed the dude that was full of the demons who came out, who was cutting himself and breaking chains, and all the pigs ran down the hill. Jesus went back to Decapolis. They asked him to leave. They'd asked him to leave, and now he's back again. And so there were some people who brought to him a man who was deaf and mute, and they begged Jesus to place his hands on him. After this, Jesus took him aside, away from the crowd, and Jesus put his fingers into the guy's ears and said this. And he spit and touched the man's tongue, because he was also mute. And he looked up into heaven, and with a deep sigh said to him, Aphaphtha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, and his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. 
But Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. So people were overwhelmed in amazement. They said he's done everything well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. And I think it's interesting about Jesus compared to a lot of um, pastors and evangelists I've seen is Jesus was constantly like, hey, come over here, come over here, let's do this on the side. Like Jesus wasn't like some talisman trying to like draw the attention to himself. He wasn't the village witch doctor trying to earn respect or fear or dominance over people. Jesus wasn't like, wasn't like David Blaine or Chris Angel, right? He wasn't trying to draw an audience. He wasn't trying to get money. He wasn't trying to do this thing for any reason but to bless people. Like, he wasn't wearing special outfits. He wasn't looking cool. He didn't have, like, hair, like, flock of beavers or whatever, you know, there. And it's like, Jesus was just doing his thing, and he was very covert about it. And I've always thought that's, that's very interesting, because a lot of people that I've even seen in churches, like, when stuff starts happening, sometimes people get really emotional or sensational, or they try to draw a lot of attention to it. And I think the Holy Spirit can be weird enough that we don't have to bring our weird to it. And I think Jesus was fully aware of that. And so I think there's a lot of times that there was like this very subduedness about the way Jesus did things. Like Jesus was like, come over here. And he's like, don't tell anyone. Don't, he's like, he wanted to, to be low key. Was this like a reverse psychology knowing everyone would anyways? <coughs> he didn't want the attention. And I've wondered sometimes like what's the motivation in people's hearts when they've already got to bring attention to it? Like in the sense like, oh, I... You know, like, that they did it. Like, do you know that we can't heal anybody? Do you know no matter how many people you've prayed for, whether there's been words or else, like, any miracles, like, you are not the one doing it. I am not the one doing it. It's Jesus. And there's something amazing about that that I think that's, that's really important. You don't have to be special or, like, anointed to do it. You just got to be full of Jesus and walk with him. He's the special one. And so if the special one didn't have to have all this pomp and circumstance, it was like maybe Jesus was just available and things opened up because he was opened up to what God was doing. And so that, what I really want to hone in on, hone in on uh, today is that like this, this, is, like, this is not about the crowd. This is not about like the man. This is not about like the woman. Like this was about God's kingdom. And I think a lot of times in the church, what's gone wrong is we really have a uh, society of pastor celebs. It's like, oh, have you heard of this book or that book? Or oh, so-and-so's got their new album and this and that. Like, like Elevation and Hillsong are the only people that can write godly music. And I'm not saying that they're not good, good music, good places, but I'm just saying, like, sometimes, like, in our culture, we love the pros. I mean, look at the th salaries of, like, of athletes. We contribute to that. Look at the salaries of celebrities. We contribute to that. We flock to that stuff. And a lot of times, churches grow by the cult of personality. And I'm not saying that you can't have, that you don't want a dud, maybe, or someone who can't get out of their own way, but... I don't want this ever to be a church, like on my watch, where it's like, yeah, this is like, this is like the snow show. Because that'd be a bad show. I'm not that great. I'm not that talented. I'm just a guy that loves Jesus, and I would way rather y'all be the show. Throughout the week, the other 166 and a half hours, you're the show. Now, I gotta live it outside of here, too, but like even up here, I, I, I can be a demagogue and, 
you know, speak with tongues of angels, and give the best deliveries, and we could add five additions onto this church. Everyone comes to watch me you know, give a message and watch our rock band play with such gumption. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if our hearts aren't full of love, if we're not deeply connected to Jesus, what's the fruit of it going to be? It's not about the show. It's about us going to show and tell, to show the kingdom of heaven with proclamation and demonstration and say, like, listen, things can change. Listen, God's kingdom looks different than you thought, and we're bringing it in a new way. It's very practical. It's very plausible. It's very powerful. And it's okay. It's okay sometimes that if we get in the way a little bit, but that can't be our MO that people are looking to us as the source. Because we're not the source. Jesus Christ is the source. And even Jesus, we watch his example. We watch his example, and Jesus' example was very humble. Like Jesus could have come with a rock star and with an entourage. Jesus says, like, like when Pilate's like, don't you know I have the power to kill you? Jesus is like, bro, I could call like 10,000 angels down right now, and it'd be over. Don't talk to me about authority. Like, Jesus left heaven and took a very humble position and a very purposeful position. And it wasn't about what he could get out of it. It wasn't. And so, I, I, like I say that, I don't, I don't see a bunch of people around here like, hey, look at me. I'm the, you know, whatever. But I, I think that, also know you don't have to be that person for God to use you mightily. It says in Isaiah that there was nothing, nothing that drew us to Jesus. There was nothing special about him. He wasn't great looking. He probably wasn't very tall. He probably wasn't very strong. He probably didn't finish first like in Hebrew school. Like, but Jesus had this thing about where he connected with God and it just changed everything in his life and the way he did it. So he wasn't trying to make it about outward appearance. He didn't look the part. You don't have to look the part. I don't have to look the part. All we gotta do is just be available and things open up. And I think that what Jesus is doing by this traveling around and going to different places is Jesus is showing that he's the God for everybody. He's the God for everybody. He's the God for the Jews, for the Romans, for the Greeks, for everyone, that Jesus is the God for everyone. So whether you're Chinese or you're Japanese or you're Russian or you're Native American or you're African American or you're white or you're tall, you're short, you're fat, you're thin, you're young, you're older, whatever it is, Jesus is the God for you. Jesus is the God for you, and Jesus is the God for your friends. Jesus is the God for your enemies. Jesus is the God for our neighbors. Jesus is the God for everyone. And he's a God that, I, I think there's something cool that he said to that guy, be opened. I think there's just something like in our lives, in our church, and we're doing this all church fast starting today. And, um, a lot of us are fasting food and some other people are fasting other things. But like, we just want things to be opened up. And it's interesting that Jesus said to this guy's ears and his mouth, be opened. And a lot of times there can be things in our lives or maybe things that we just didn't even ask for that cause a clog in the drain. Like they were saying, uh, like during worship and uh, the Lord's Supper, Emily said that sometimes like a lot of people just don't even want to do that self-examination because we don't want to see what's there. But sometimes we can't, you can't heal or change what you don't acknowledge, right? So Jesus just called stuff out. 
Jesus called stuff out and wasn't in a way that was cruel, but it's because he wanted things opened up because once that clog comes out of the drain, like the spirit can just flow. And I love that he said to this guy, be opened. And I would ask you today in your life, or as we're up, maybe this fast, maybe you're, you're like, why would you even ask me not to eat? Why would you ask me to give up something? How dare you? How dare you ask us to do that? That's between you and the Lord. We're just throwing it out there. No one's making you. No one's like throwing you down and, you know, giving you the arm bar or, you know, whatever. We're, no one's doing that. But there's sometimes things that when, when you hear some things spiritually, maybe when you hear about healing or maybe when you hear about fasting or maybe you hear about tithing or you hear about worship, because there's a lot of people that come in in like the middle of worship or after worship. Yes, yes, we know who you are. You're not sneaking in every week at the same time. Um, and... And there's a thing, like, there's all these things, like, well, that's for everyone else, but that's not for me. I would say to you today, maybe there's something that needs to be opened. Maybe you need to be open. Maybe there's some things that I need to be open to. Because at the end of the day, I mean, don't we want to see God move on the earth? Don't we want to see God move in our lives? Do we really just want to spend our whole life an hour on Sunday and it not impact us at all? If you add that up, that's a lot of wasted time. It's a lot of wasted energy. You could get really good at golf. Or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I think that there's got to be more than just the stuff that we want in. And Jesus said to this guy, he said, be opened. <clears throat> I love he sighed deeply. He breathed in and exhaled. Why does the Lord heal? Why does, why does Jesus do that? Like, why in Christianity do we focus on healing more than any other religion? Why do we focus on this kind of mystical side of things, these things that we can't see? Like, why, why do we focus on that? And I think it's interesting because the, the, God, the God we worship came down as a man and did that stuff and he said, you'll do the same things, but even greater. So if we're going to worship him, then we got to believe him, right? And if he said, we would do the same, but even greater, then maybe, if we're never seeing it, maybe there's something we need to be opened up to. Because I'm not saying that miracles have to be all the time, because if they're all the time, then it's not really like a miracle, Right? But is there something in our lives that causes the clog in the drain? There was one time, there was this lady years ago, brought her son. I was uh, speaking at a church on the east side of Cincinnati. And she brought a little boy who was four years old. And the little boy, and the little boy was mute. He couldn't speak. And we prayed and prayed and prayed. And for like an hour, we prayed. And finally, this little boy starts to talk. He's never talked in four years. Starts talking. And it's... I mean, it was amazing. And it's like, you know, like, glory to God. And then I start praying for his mom. And she starts just talking about all this stuff. And she starts sharing um, how, how much that she wants healing and this and that area. And that she, you know, that she went through like a really bad divorce. And there, well, no, I mean, I'm sorry, she didn't even say that. She was just saying how she's just got this situation. And I just said, I, I have a question. I said, did you go through a bad divorce? She's like, yeah. Because we're praying for this healing for a long time and nothing's happened after we just prayed for our son for a long time. And I, 
And I said to her, I said, I feel like you've walked with the Lord and your husband didn't, right? She's like, absolutely. And I said, and I feel like you didn't even have biblical grounds to divorce him. She looked at me, she said, you don't know how he treated me. You don't know how he talked to me. You don't know how he yelled. You don't know how, like, all this other stuff. And I said, and as I'm, I'm just kind of listening to her, I felt the Lord say, just stop praying for her. She's like, I'm not going to heal this thing. This is related to the bitterness and the disobedience in her life. She wasn't open. So, like, for her son or for the healing, she wanted the healing. But the thing God was actually more concerned with healing was this bitter root, was this, dis, was this disobedience. There was this thing that God was after that was way more than the thing that to her might have seemed, seemed like a miracle. But like God gave her a miracle because I didn't know this lady and the Lord starts giving me all this stuff for her and I've never met her before, right? So it was, it was a word of knowledge. So I, so I didn't know her, God shows me, but she was so resistant and I just felt like the Lord say, stop. And we did pray for her child and her child got healed, praise God. But there was, it was interesting on the other side that she wasn't open to what God was wanting to do first. And I think sometimes the hindrance in our lives, having the type of power and the type of purpose and the type of impact that we want to have is because there's certain things God wants to touch on long before we uh, get to the miracles. Where do you need to be opened up today? Where do I need to be opened up today? What's God calling us to be open to? I love that Jesus, um, like, I love that this story is about physical healing, but it's like there's, there's so much more to it. And um, I love in, in, in 1 John 3, 8, it says, Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. Do you know the works of the devil are not just sickness? Do you know the works of the devil are not just like, you know, like a life sentence with uh, bad illness. Do you know that the works of the devil are not just drugs? Do you know the works of the devil are not just systemic racism? Like, all these things are, but there's also so much other things that, like, you know, broken families, that's the work of the evil one. Do you know that uh, lying and cheating and stealing and perversion and, and addiction and all these other things, those are also the work of the devil. Do you know family infighting? You know, disunity, those are the works of the devil as well. And there's a lot of times that these things that we miss, that God wants to open up these other things that are also the work of the devil before we can even get to the other stuff. It's like, have you ever gone to the doctor uh, like for an operation? And one of the things that they want to make sure of, are you sick? Because they can't operate if you got this other infection. Right? And you might say, like, oh, I'm... I'm so mad. I gotta get, gotta, gotta get this leg taken care of. I'm in so much pain. They're like, well, you gotta come back after the flu's run its course because we could kill you. This could make it way worse. It could open you up to lots of infections. We're gonna open up your body. We gotta get you better all around before we can do this real obvious thing. And sometimes, friends, there's these infections in our soul, these systemic blights of maybe ignorance or maybe that we're just, we're not open, that we just, we're not gonna do what we don't wanna do. And the Lord says, okay, have it your way. I'm never gonna force you. I would never make you do this. Like, do you know that love does not force? Do you know Jesus, by his nature, will never force you to do anything because he's a lover. 
He will never make you. He will never make us get healed against our will. He will never make us obey. Now, he might dial it up at times to try to, you know, gently move us in the right direction. But Jesus will never make us surrender to him. He'll never make us obey. He'll never make us quit smoking. He'll never make us change our diet. He'll never make you fast. He'll never make you come to church. He'll never make you tithe. He'll never make you tell the truth. He'll never make you forgive. But these are the kind of things that we gotta be opened up to if we wanna experience his kingdom in its fullness. So it's the whole enchilada. It's not just the part, we can't just pick and choose. It's not, not just a uh, like golden crowd. Yeah, there's a banquet, but it's what he puts at the table for us. And it's way better than the golden crowd crap that we choose for ourselves, let's just be honest. I love candy, I love candy, I want this, or I want that, I want pizza. And it's like, that's great, but I've got something better, but I'm not gonna make you give that up. I'm not gonna make you change that. I'm not gonna make you. I'm not gonna make you stop being prideful. I won't, because I love you. I'm inviting you, I want you to come. I want you here so bad. But you can't bring that with you. And I'm not saying that we have to clean up before we get there, but there's sometimes there's certain things that, or maybe he won't bring out the next course until we say, okay, ready to put this, you know, this garbage to the side. Because we have a place at the table. Do you know you have a place at the table full of all your muck and all your sin? Like this, like this deaf guy who they had to bring, he, he couldn't hear Jesus was coming to town. He couldn't speak for himself. He had no voice, literally. He had people who act as a voice for him. He had a place at the table. He had a place at the banquet. But what if the guy just said, no, you can pray for this, but not that. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm just speculating. But there, there's a lot of things where it's like, I think if we don't let God have his way, we'll never see what else could come. Are we open? And the thing is, is like Jesus doesn't do this stuff like I was talking about. Like he doesn't do this for the show. He does this because he loves the individual. So the stuff in your life that maybe sometimes is challenging, the stuff in my life that's challenging, he's never poking on that, that spot to injure us. Like I said, it's kind of like, like when you go to the doctor, they feel around and then, you know, it's like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like kind of like that. And that's, a, that's what God does too. There's things in our life he's gentle. He's gentle. And he's gonna poke around at some stuff, but if we'll agree with it, if we'll agree with what he's doing, there is so much, there's so much in front of us if we're willing to say, Jesus, I'll be opened up to you. There's so much healing in your life. There's so much healing in your family. There's so much healing about the way you think about yourself or the way you feel. There's so much healing for our kids. I mean, anyone want to be a better parent or grandparent or a better worker or business owner or brother or sister or whatever? Anyone want that? Yeah. Jesus says, come to the table. Come to the table. Well, in my family, we don't, we don't do that. We don't, we don't spank. We just, raise with our, we just reason with our kids. Well, the word says sometimes kids need a little... A little nudge, like in the right direction. Well, I don't believe that. Well, then he might say, well, then you might be closed off to what I can do if you add some discipline to your kids' lives. I'm not gonna make you, but my word says it. I'm not gonna disagree with myself for you. And I know that's unpopular these days, but 
you, op- you open up open up the book, I mean, Proverbs 13, all over Proverbs, it talks about all over the place. You open up the book, there's things he says. And it might not jive with our way or our psychology or our thoughts or like, you know, whatever. But like there's these things that when we obey, we get to see him move. And it takes trust. And sometimes he just says, be opened. And all we gotta do is show up just like that dude. And when he says be opened, it's opened. And I think the interesting thing is um, Jesus taught the disciples more of intuitive skills than a concrete plan. And that's why I think that these miracles are really important. Because Jesus is like, hey, I'm not gonna give you a plan. I'm sending you out. Take nothing with you. Just go. But, but when you do, he says, take whatever's given to you. And he says, and heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out the demons, and just watch what I do. And if people... Don't receive you, move on. You don't gotta beg. The workers uh, work their wage. If someone wants to feed you, take care of you. Watch it, I got you. Just find, look for the right people. You don't have to know who the people are in advance. You go, I'll show. And those are the skills that Jesus, as his disciples, wants to teach us. That a lot of times, we just have to be open. It's just going opens it up and say, God, okay, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you. There's some guys... There's some guys in um, Switzerland that really took, took this to heart. Uh, uh, my friend Mike Breen, who's been here before and spoke, he, he was doing this huddle with these guys, and he talked about like, this person of peace. And these guys decided for three months they were going to drop everything, and just they weren't going to take anything with them besides the clothes on their back, the shoes on their feet. They weren't going to take any money. And they went to a very unchurched place, and they just said, we're going to try this out. And for three months, the Lord kept putting people in their way that as they talked about the kingdom, as they prayed for the sick, as they saw the deaf, the mute, the people limping, the cripples, the blind, whatever, like they went and did that stuff and Jesus kept bringing people peace. And so for three months, these guys didn't, they're like, this stuff works. Everywhere they went, in Switzerland, about 2% of the people, 3% of the people that are Christians. So to go for three months and, guarantee in that country of mountains and twists and turns you're gonna find some but a lot of times they weren't even christians it's just like if i pray for your mom and she gets healed you might let me stay the night like on your couch if i need somewhere to sleep in the snowstorm so i'm not i'm not saying that that like the miracles of jesus weren't important but i want you to know that they're for you too they're for people out there they're for everyone and jesus's miracles are healing Jesus' miracles are revived relationships. Jesus' miracles can come in a battery of ways. But it's just all about the openness that we have to Jesus. And so what's the miracle you need today? Are you blind? Or maybe are you blind to some of your own stuff? Are you deaf? Or maybe you're deaf to the voice of the Lord. Maybe you've never heard him. Do you got a body part that doesn't work? Do you walk with a limp? Or maybe are you just unaware of how you're walking in your life and how it comes across to other people? Like the miracles go on both ways. And I think sometimes we can get so caught up looking for like the big thing that we can miss that there, there's some other stuff maybe Jesus wants to do first. Maybe Jesus wants to do first. And I will tell you that... Um, Prayer is so important. We can't talk up prayer enough. At the end of service, before service, uh, 
like Monday night, being on the prayer teams, praying with our kids, praying with our families, praying with like other born again people. Prayer is the fuel of the engine. That, that's why we're fasting, because we want to hear from heaven and we want to meet Jesus. It's, it's, it's about nothing else besides we want to hear from Jesus. It's not about pressure, it's about pursuit. So we're not gonna pressure anyone to fast. I'm just gonna pursue Jesus in a different gear because like, I know I wanna see some things opened up in my life, in my family, in this church, in this world. And so I'm just gonna go at another pace than I've gone for a while. And we do this stuff and we talk about this stuff because do you know prayer is our best move? Do you know being led by the Spirit of God? That's what prayer is. Being led by the Spirit of God is prayer. If you understand how to be led, you understand how to pray because you've got that spidey sense that kind of goes up. And you're like, oh, this is what God's doing. It's this thing. Sometimes like the best prayer is just sit still and just say, heaven, what are you doing? It's just pausing. And my wife can tell you, I kind of suck at that. Like, I'm an impulsive, fast-moving guy, you know, kind of ready-fire-aim sort of cat. Like, even there, threw my hand up before I look what was in front of me, and I smack my knuckle, and now it hurts. Um, so, but yeah, so there, there you go, um, life illustration. But it's, like, God just, he, he, he's always with us. So whatever it is that you need to be opened up to today, that I need to be open to, we want to ask him for it. And a big kairos came, came for me years ago when I uh, met, met my good friend Robbie Dawkins. Show a picture of Robbie's big old mug. You guys have seen Robbie. If you've been, been around here for a while. And one of the things Robbie is the best at is Robbie will, will pray for people, but like he'll just pray for a couple, then everyone else does it. It's like he wants everyone to do the stuff. It's the Dawkins domino, I call it. Like he'll pray for one person, they get healed. He'll tell them to pray for the next person, they get healed. And so on down the line, because he's like, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. Okay, so what we're going to do at the end of service is we're going to pray. And so we're going to not even have the prayer teams come up today because if they want prayer, they're going to get prayer. But what we want to do is we're just going to pray. I'm going to pray for someone and hope the Lord opens something up and pops something for them. And then they're just going to pray down the line. Okay, so we're going to try that. So if you need healing today, <clears throat> let's see. Let's see. I can't guarantee anything because like I said, I don't got that, got that power. But I started seeing God move at a way higher clip when I started operating this way than when I, than I plan all the outreaches and you plan the big events and you go there and you hope a bunch of people come, you get the music and you play it and you drum it up and people come and then you, you know, hope, hope, hope you gain one person. When we uh, you know, went to Kansas City and we uh, like met Robbie, we're just like, okay, we're just gonna go in the street, like the meat's in the street. And we, in my first couple years of being a Christian, I was privileged to, um, see a few hundred people come to Christ. You know, probably the first, I don't know, maybe almost 20 years that I was a Christian. But then when we just started to go to the street without any agenda and just say, okay, Lord, show us who you want us to pray for. Show us what you want us to do. So way more than a few hundred people over the next several years come to Christ. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And it was literally just going up and saying, Hey, dude, I see you got a like, broken arm. Can I pray for you? And like, Jesus would heal him and say, hey, man, do you want to give your life to that dude that just healed your arm? Yep. And then, like, you know, and then it's just all that stuff. And I'm making it a little more simple than it is, but a lot of times it was that simple. Didn't have to draw a crowd like, everybody in Kroger, come over to the lunch meat aisle. But the, you know, no, it's just like, hey, dude, 
looks like your arm hurts, man. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It's just, if it's done in love, love of the Father and love of people, there's no limit to what he can do to us and through us. We just have to be opened up to him. We just have to afapta. Afapta. There we go. It's a hard word to say. And so as, as, as you're kind of thinking about this, like what, before you receive prayer today, what, what's maybe something God wants you to be opened up to? What does he want you to be emptied of? Is there pride? Maybe, well, I don't want to go forward and get prayer. Or, oh, I don't really need that. We don't fight that much. Or, oh, I don't need to stop doing that. They, I like to do this. They just misunderstand me. Whatever it is, we're all in deep need of a touch of God and a visitation from the Holy One. And so where is Jesus trying to call you away from social media, from the crowds, from your family, and open things up to you? He doesn't have to put it on display. He doesn't have to embarrass us. You don't have to come, you don't have to share everything. But we just have to be open to whatever he has. Now there's some stuff that's more obvious, right? There's some stuff that's more obvious. I mean, you can tell if someone's got a broken limb or a this or that. But you couldn't always tell if someone has a heart condition. Or you might not even be able to tell if someone's like hearing impaired these days because you know some hearing aids are very small, small and discreet. But I think God wants to open things up. And so just real quick, a couple things on how to pray. A couple rules. How to see maybe more of this stuff, see how more things be opened. Is awkward is awesome. <coughs> Say it with me. Say awkward is awesome. It takes a little bit of boldness to see the kingdom come. You can't pull it off. I can't pull it off. So there's some trust and some boldness that we got to step into if we're going to see it happen. We will never see it till we go for it. And just love people. Just love. Don't do it that um, you get something for it. Jesus was getting nothing for this stuff. He pulled people aside. He didn't want the accolades. He didn't want the things. Remember who you're representing. Jesus is the hero, not us. Also, Jesus is enough. He loves people as they are. People's dignity matters to God, and so it should to us too. And when you pray for people, when you pray for stuff, even, even like in your own life, you, you don't have to beg. We're, we're children of the king. We're not beggars. We don't have to beg. When you pray for people, it's never a good idea. And, and I haven't seen many people here like this. Like, God, can you just pray for Emily right now? Can you bless her and touch her? But, Lord, if you just want her to die, let her die in peace and send a good hospice team around her. And, Lord, just, I can't say that every time I pray, stuff's going to happen, but I'm always going to pray like he's going to do it because I'm just going to believe because, man, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, right? There's just times when God's gonna do stuff and he'll just show up, but I'm always gonna try to pray in authority because when it's, if you wanna be like Jesus, just do what he did. You never saw Jesus bargaining. Well, God, if you don't wanna do this, you know, he's like, be healed, be opened. So when you pray, pray for people, now you don't gotta scream and shakababa, you know, and start like calling down tongues and getting all, like, whatever. You can just say, arm, in Jesus' name, I command you to be straightened. In Jesus' name, I command all pain to leave. In Jesus' name, you don't say I command. It's in Jesus' name I command because it's his authority, right? It's his power. But we can tap into that all day because we're his kids. My kids don't ask to put my last name down. 
when they sign their name at school, they're my kids. They don't ask to get in the fridge. They're my kids. They don't ask to sit down at dinner. They're my kids. We're God's kids. So we can go in that authority. We don't have to beg. We don't have to beg like dogs. Now my dog, my fat, stinky, annoying English bulldog reach go, he'll sit there for two hours with a steak like, Daddy, will you give me some? But he can't talk. Um, but that's his voice because I, I don't think he'd talk any other way. But it's like, yeah, he's got to beg because he's not my kid. Also, be expectant. Don't try to dazzle. And like I said, don't pray with an escape clause. And also know not everyone's healed. A lot of times, God will give us a word about something, about someone needing something, even in their life. And God heals what he reveals, but a lot of times it's not instantaneous. Jesus told, told the lepers, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And when they got there, they were healed. Or there's times like deep emotional stuff. God just reveals things to be opened up for a continuation of heal to ha- healing to happen. And let's face it, the ultimate healing is when we meet Jesus, right? We're always gonna have stuff in this world that's really hard. But I don't know who's gonna be healed and when not, so when or when not, so I'm just gonna always pray like I expect it. And I'm not gonna let it get me down if people aren't. Or it's okay to just be a blessing to people. If you just go up to someone and say, hey, can I pray for you? A lot of times people just say, sure. Do you need prayer for anything? Nope, my life's great. Well, can I just pray a blessing on you? Sure. Lord, I just pray for so-and-so. I pray for their whatever. I pray for their, for their job. I pray for their finances. I pray for their home. I pray that you would just draw them closer to you. I pray you'd love them. I pray that they would feel your love. I pray that they would understand how much you care, Lord. I pray that you would just open new paths to them. We just pour your spirit out in a fresh new way in Jesus' name. I've never had someone who lets me do that be like, hey, buddy. I've had people do that when I ask them to pray. Um, But I've never had someone that actually said, yeah, that was mad that I just blessed them. So it's okay, but like, if we want things to open up, we gotta be open to what Jesus is doing and we, it'd be best to do things the way he's doing them. So we're gonna pray and I wanna encourage you to um, ask God for someone you can pray for this week. Say, Jesus, will you show me someone I can pray for at work or at church or, actually I encourage you not even in church. Take, take more risk in that. Like in your neighborhood, at the job or when you're going for a walk or at the mall or whatever want to buy a car, pray for the car salesman, whatever, but ask God, just see what he does. And um, yeah, this, this is a thing that if we're opened up to the work of the kingdom, there's no limit to what God can do here, to what he can do in your life. And so I just want to encourage you today, we're going we're gonna to pray in a minute. Is there anyone who would just say, I want to be the first one to receive prayer today? There you go. You're, you're the first. You're the winner. I'm gonna pray for I'm gonna pray for her first, and then just whoever wants prayer, come on up today. Get in line. We're gonna pray for you. But um, I want to encourage you to read Mark eight this week. I also want to encourage you. We're gonna pray every day on Zoom at seven thir- at seven a.m. from seven to seven thirty while we're fasting this week. And maybe you don't want to fast anything and you just want to pray. We're gonna pray from seven to seven thirty in the morning, and we're gonna pray from six to six thirty at night. And we're just going to ask for heaven to come. 
maybe you've never been in a prayer room, come on, it's lots of fun. It'll go way quicker than you think. Try it out before, be open to it, right? And then also, um, wanna invite you to consider fasting something this week. A lot of us are doing it, and I think there's more power when God's people collectively humble themselves and pray. So Lord, would you just um, show us today? Would you show us where you want us to be open to you? Will you show us where your spirit's moving and what the condition of our hearts are, Lord? Will you show us where there's clogs in the drain? Maybe things that are um, preceding healing in our lives. Would you show us those things? Would you, Lord, help us to be more open to what you wanna do in us to reach other people. Help us to not be afraid. Help us to not be unwilling, Lord. Sometimes if we're not open to go pray for that person, that person will never hear about you any other way. It's on us. And I pray that we would um, take the risk and join you in that, Lord, that you love people. So Lord, we just bless you today and we just pray for healing and we ask you to come Holy Spirit in this place. And I pray that we have a domino effect of people that are healed today, Lord, from um, everything from physical ailments, spiritual ailments, to emotional stuff, to um, just even generational stuff. Would you move in power today? In Jesus' name, Lord, amen. All right. Well, I'm good. If someone wants to come up, if someone in the worship team wants to play, play a song, unless you want prayer, come on down. And I'll even just demonstrate this. If you want to go, you can go, but. Hey, what's your name? Christy. Okay, Christy. What would you like prayer for today? For cynicism to be broken. So hey, let's give Christy a round of applause. Just being, not trying to make it anything, but she's just being the example. So what I, I would just do is I would just say, hey, can I put my hand on your shoulder? Yes. Yeah. And I got a mint in my mouth because I think my breath stank, so I don't want to, so. All right. And I would just say, Jesus, I thank you for Christy. I think that you always hear me when I pray, Lord. And I just pray that you would open up her heart where she's cynical. Would you open up parts of her, life, uh, of her life, Lord, where she doesn't believe you, where she doesn't believe that you're gonna move, or maybe that you're gonna move through her? Lord, would you open up every area where she's weak and doubts, and would you just show yourself to her, Lord? You say, when we seek you, we find you. So I thank you that she's seeking you today. In Jesus' name. And now if anyone else, anyone else, just if you want prayer, we're not gonna, you know, I don't want to sit here. We can just kind of dismiss it normal.